with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's Film Reviews and Movie News with me, Stuart Pink, and he's here with a special Black Friday deal by three for the price of five. It's Mark Sibby. <laughs> but what am I selling? Um, well, I ask myself that question every week. Um, I'm not sure. Yes. Not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very Whatever you can. What am I selling? Well, Whatever they'll pay yeah, for. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Have you, yes. have you been out? Like have you braved bomb. the crowds yet? Oh, it's dangerous no, out No, not really. But, but you know, here's the thing. There's an online uh, website, which well, I'm sure we all use. I won't name it. Um, that used to, in the past, have really, really good deals on DVDs and Blu-rays. I mean, I used to pick up some absolute cracking bargains yeah. now not so much oh, oh. i don't know i don't know if it's because i own all of the movies already that are run really, out of yeah you know, that are in the sale <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's that or if it's a case of they just they're not interested you know people are not buying um as many now to, i don't know it's just disappointing you know sometimes i'm like oh I remember when i picked up that really great box set for yeah. like half price oh. and now you don't really see it so yeah i haven't um haven't ventured to the shops yet. I made it. Are you one of those people who waits for Monday when it's like less crowded? Because then you can just go online. Cyber and do Monday. It. Yeah, what? Cyber Monday oh. is what they call it, isn't it? Who invented it? What a silly name. <laughs> I know, I know. I, uh, no, not. I, I mean, to answer your question, no, not really. I, I feel really like for Cyber Monday, there should be like. Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator at every checkout or something. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I imagine. Well, well, you know. You know, there's a shop out there, I'm not going to name it, that has speaking uh, self-checkout that uh, hires people oh, to yeah. do voices of famous people. Well, oh. once they did have somebody do Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Gen- genuinely, they had somebody do no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's oh, the wow. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, oh, to add to this, to add to this, so before you joined phoenix fm uh, a gentleman who i used to do the reviews with he was also called Stuart, by the way what um, Whoa. he does yeah yeah i know it's confusing uh, he does the voices he was hired to do the voices for <laughs> for this shop and also he does voices for for greetings cards he's he's a voice man this oh, is the thing wow look at that i know i Follow know and the... hello to Stuart because he does listen he does listen so oh. hello Stuart. hello Stuart. yeah could he do us a voice for yeah. Arnold schwarzenegger then that'd be great we could uh... He could. He does like Back to the Future as well. He does loads. He does. Oh, um, amazing. He does Harry Potter. He does. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Listen, we're asking him live on air. Stuart, can you do we us are. some voices, please? We can't pay you. We really can't pay you. But if you could do us some voices, that would be amazing, please. Thank Mark you. Mark can in the special Black Friday deal um, way. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing any voices. No way. I leave that to the professionals. No way. Yeah. I'll do the film reviews. How about that? Okay, That's that sounds thing. fair. That sounds fair. Yeah. What you got yeah. for us this week? Yeah. Well, we haven't spoken about this, actually, but we're now into the the time period of movies that are going to be sort of spoken about in terms of awards, basically. So, you know, oh, I think they started okay. a few weeks ago. And it's going to run all the way through to certainly the end of February, where we have at least one big movie that is probably going to be spoken about in awards terms. This week, we've got She Said... Now, this is in cinemas. 
Um, this is a movie that has been getting a lot of uh, recognition on the award circuit. It's uh, on the festival circuit. It's now in UK cinemas. It's the true story of New York Times reporters Megan Tuohy and Jodie Cantor, who break one of the most important stories in a generation, which is the story that helped ignite a movement and shattered decades of silence around the subject of sexual assault in Hollywood. Oh wow! Okay, so obviously, I think big movie. I, I think most people are knowing what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, in terms of investigative journalism being put on screen, it's a tricky ask because you have to be faithful to the original material and the characters, the people in it, but also not make it go all Hollywood, big budget. You know, we're we're taking um, yeah. we're taking liberties here. However, at the same time as that, you still need those grandiose moments, you know, those defining moments in the case that sort of break it open and are hard hitting and very true. And I think everybody involved with She Said has managed to get it exactly right. You know, it's a movie that knows the story, that the story is so much bigger than the tiny bit that they are showing in this film. Yet somehow this film still manages to make it feel like everything is incorporated. So we get to see how the Harvey Weinstein scandal begins to unfold and how Tui and Cantor really did it in such a way that it, it was both groundbreaking and also very delicate to those who are having to relive their stories to them as well. Um, and this is, this is a movie that doesn't have two or three big dramatic moments because nearly every single beat of the story is big and dramatic because that's the story. That's the point of it. Wow, okay. You know, the more they uncover, the more it became a scandal that ultimately rocked the world. There are several moments in this film where I I genuinely, I'm not making this up, the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end because you got that rush of adrenaline when the two reporters got just a little bit more information or managed to persuade somebody else to go on record. You know, this is a movie that shows how these small triumphs can snowball into even bigger ones. And it's gripping throughout. It's so gripping. And I have to say that possibly the best thing the film does, and this is going to sound weird. I, I, I know that. And, some will say it's it's too much, but I think probably the best thing it does is to actually audibly and or visibly visually reconstruct a lot of the sexual assaults. As I said, I know a lot of people are going to say, no, no, that's too much. We, we, we don't need to know that. However, I think putting it in really makes us who are watching it confront the heinous crimes that Weinstein and countless other men have perpetrated in Hollywood for for decades. We literally have to sit there and not look away as the film puts us in, in in kind of a sort of a a witness situation. Yeah. I was going to say, it it almost makes it like you're witnessing the crime. Um, That's the thing. I guess it makes you more invested in getting, getting it done. It does. It does. And the thing is we can all read about it, but at the same time, it, 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 it kind of takes away, it kind of removes a layer of, of of how disgusting it all was. So either audibly or visually showing it via reconstructions, as you said, it puts you in this witness situation and it just makes your blood boil as to what you are seeing and what you're hearing, which adds to us wanting to encant or to bring down these men even more. That's the clever thing about this movie is that it is going, 
here, here's some more, here's some more. You've got to be annoyed. Um, yeah. And and you are. That's the thing. I mean, I was so annoyed with it all. That's the thing. Um, phenomenal cast here, by the way. Phenomenal cast. I think Zoe Kazan's Jodie Cantor performance is the quieter of the two. But in the long run, I found it more powerful. However, I was equally bowled over by Carrie Mulligan's performance as Megan Toohey. The, the, it's a very stoic, no-nonsense woman who really goes for the jugular towards the end. I mean, I, I was genuinely cheering them on by, by the big finale. So I think both of them deserve praise and awards love for their performances. I mean, they are simply brilliant, both of them. And yeah. even the secondary cast, um, you know, Patricia Clarkson's very good in this. Andre Braga is very good in this as well. It, it, it's just really, it's, you know, it's it's so well cast and so professionally acted as well. It's brilliant. So Excellent. The, the cast is just brilliant and it adds to it as well. That's the thing. It really adds to it, you know. Um, so I think when we talk about films on investigative journalism we usually think obviously all the president's men we can also think about the insider starring al pacino russell crowe we also think about spotlight starring michael keaton which was one of my favorite films several years ago when it came out well now we we need actually no 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 we, we must include she said in that high profile list because this is absolutely brilliant yes it is a heavy subject matter. However, it is so well told. It is an absolutely outstanding piece of filmmaking. It really is. Amazing. So you felt they, they did the, the the real story justice and captured it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's the thing. You've, you've got to, as I said, you've got to be careful. You can't be all yeah. Hollywood and, you know, larger than life. And yes, this is how it was. It's hard work. Investigative journalism is hard work. It's it's months, if not years, of of going there and and being told, you know, just hitting brick walls. And this is happen. This happens in the film. They keep hitting these brick walls. It's just not happening for them. And then they get this little bit of triumph, and it continues. So I think, while I'm sure there'll be some people who go, well, actually, you know, it doesn't, it didn't play out as easy as that of course it's not going to but you've got a feature film here this is the thing you know it can't be spread over several months it can't be spread over that yeah uh, it can't be spread over you know six hours but i think the way that they've done it still makes it feel like it was such a huge groundbreaking you know as we said movement um yeah. that they that these two reporters created and this film really shows that in in a non-showy way as well that's the thing in a way that they just went about and did their jobs and look what nice. happened amazing i guess really it kind of brings it full circle as well to it all being about hollywood and what goes on uh, to turn it into a film is kind of the, the right thing in a way to, to yes. show it's yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's uh, as you rightly point out it's come full circle it's it's exposing what was going on behind the movie making and look what's happened yeah. you know it's um it's well it's it's put some very very evil men in prison and i'm sure more will come of it because of these two reporters and because of all of the people who have been speaking out about them as well who have finally been able to come forward and able to share their their stories um it's phenomenal. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, this film is just one piece of that puzzle. And I think um, this film is just 
outstanding. It really is. Super. Uh, a, a difficult watch, but the sound of it, but, but an important one, would you say? Um, yes. You, you've got to yes, see. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Very, very difficult to watch, but at the same time, important, um, urgent as well, and ju- just outstanding. Good filmmaking. Nice. Uh, so where's this available? Where can we see it? So this is in cinemas. This is showing in cinemas only at the moment. Okay, okay. In cinemas. So she said, um, what, this is a very different change now. What have you got for us next? So, well, let's lighten the moods, okay? So if you're not, if, if, if she said isn't is certainly not for you, then this might be. So now, Roll Dahl's Matilda the Musical. Oh, that's its full title. That's that its that's full a long title, title isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is it? It's a Get long all the title, names in there. I know, I know. But here's the thing: Netflix have now purchased the um, film rights to a lot of Roll Dahl's books. Uh, okay. So over the next several years, we're going to get a lot of Roll Dahl adaptations. This oh, is the first one. However, bring on the twits. And, and listen, me and you have spoken <laughs> a lot about the twits um, and how possibly it's our favourite book and it really is and there's no word on the twits yet I've got to say no, um, they're still waiting to confirm the cast of me and you probably they're but, still waiting yeah. they're still waiting yeah absolutely could you imagine back, instead we've got <laughs> oh could you imagine could you imagine brilliant instead we've got Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical so why the long title? Okay, I'll explain it. The film is based on the stage musical, which in turn is based on Roald Dahl's book. Okay. <laughs> it's got so, an inception level. It's all a bit. Yeah. It, it kind of okay. has. Now I read I read the book again yeah. okay. after decades of, of reading it at school. Ooh, recently. Shortly before Yeah, 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 yeah. Um shortly before seeing this film. And I was surprised as to how much had changed and been left out. But then you have to remember, this is mainly about the stage production. So the bones of Roald Dahl's work is here. But mainly, this film is about Tim Minchin's amazing music and Dennis Kelly's fun screenplay that kind of works in the film's favour, actually, because you already have the Matilda, the, the movie from the 90s, which is really good. I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's the one this I one is, This picture. one is different. Yeah, this is, as I said, some musical. It's over the top. It's in your face. It's nonstop. It's it's rooting, tooting. It's singing. It's, it's all of that. It's a thrill ride that I can guarantee any age will be smiling and singing and laughing. I mean, I genuinely had a good time with this movie. I mean, yes, it is relentless and it's all singing, all dancing <laughs> routines throughout the film. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But, I've got a, but, but by the second dance number, I was kind of won over. The energy in this film is just like a tidal wave of positivity and empowerment. You can't come out of this film feeling anything less than on cloud nine. You really can't. Um, so, you know, as much as the, the the song and dance numbers are great, I think this film lives and dies by its cast. And let me tell you this, it lives by its cast very much so. so it's a big cast. Um, it is a big cast. There's, there's some great names in here. So uh, we must say Alicia Weir as Matilda is so incredibly fun. I, I hold my hand up and say yeah. I wasn't sure at first. It's a big I, role. I kind of thought, oh, this is a... Yeah, but but when you see it initially, I was like, this is a bit stage schooly, and there's not. I, I'm not against that, but there is a big difference between stage schooly and feature filmy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. 
that that's the thing. But very quickly, very quickly, I thought Alicia Weir sort of managed to change that. She won me over. She really won me over with a nonstop enthusiasm. But then the whole cast are like that. Um, Lanasha Lynch is wonderful as Miss Honey. I really like her. Andrea Riseborough and Stephen Graham are gleefully over the top as Matilda's <laughs> parents in yeah. a very pantomime way. I mean, literally, they were brilliant in this. Absolutely brilliant. But if you like... want nasty, yeah. if you want horrible, if you want evil... <laughs> Then look no further than Emma Thompson as headmistress, Miss Trunchbull. Evil I Emma mean, Thompson. I can't imagine it. Evil Emma Thompson. Honestly, <laughs> it's such a domineering performance of epic proportions. It's a non-stop scary yet funny performance. I genuinely could have watched Emma Thompson play Miss Trunch, uh, Trunchbull all day. She completely <laughs> understands how to play the character, which is wildly crazy and with a more than an air of menace, but also a big dollop of slapstick as well. I mean, watching Emma Thompson take on the whole cast is a sight to see. Yes. It's so good. It is so good. Um, there, there's a big number towards the end, and it's basically Emma Thompson versus all the school kids. It's fantastic. It's so good. Um, and in that number is um, a young lad called Charlie Hodson Pryor. Now, he plays Bruce Bogtrotter, which, by the way, is an incredible name, Bruce Bogtrotter. <laughs> that is brilliant. Now, now, yeah, now he's in the film. He's in the film. You know, he, he is one of the secondary cast and he's sort of in Matilda's gang, shall we say. Um, I've got to give special mention to Charlie Hodson Pryor's Bruce Bruce, Bro Bruce, uh, Bruce Bogtrotter. There we go. Thank you. There we go. Got because... <laughs> Thank you. In the finale, he gives his absolute all. I mean, he is going relentless at it. And I genuinely just had a massive smile on my face. It's It was a joy to watch him and the rest of the cast just go for it. You're like, these are really going for it. And I'm enjoying every single moment of it, you know. So Amazing. listen, plain and simple, this is hugely entertaining for the whole family and it is going to have you grinning from ear to ear. It's really, 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 really good. Really good. Oh, wonderful. I feel like seeing the cast of this, it was almost like they challenged themselves to go, right, who have we not... Could you not imagine doing this role? Yes. <laughs> I feel like yes. The Charlotte Lynch, she's been in like, what, No Time to Die and um, well, Black Panther. Well, exactly. That's the I thing. Mean, like most suddenly... people know her from the Bond movies. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. And then she turns up and gives this absolutely delicate performance as, as Miss Honey, and it's wonderful. Emma Thompson, who we've kind of seen play sort of baddish characters in the Nanny past. Nanny McPhee, I'm thinking as the... as bad as I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like Nanny McPhee in this. This is over the top, yeah. pantomime esque, slapstick, evil, nasty. It's brilliant, you know. But but this is this is the thing. I, and you know, obviously Stephen Graham and Andrew Riseborough. I mean, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Stephen Graham, brilliant. Andrew, right? I mean, when you see them two, I mean, their screen time must be 15, 20 minutes. And every time they're on screen, I think they steal it a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, look, as I said, nice. the whole cast is brilliant. You know, um, it, it, it's, it starts from Alicia Weir as Matilda and it just goes down. And all of them are brilliant. All of them. Fantastic. So did have you seen the musical? I want to ask you that. 
Uh, no, I have not seen the musical, no. and I'm curious to know anybody who has seen the musical and goes to see the film how different it is. I get the feeling yeah. it's probably not that different. Um, I have to say that after seeing the film, I, I was stood outside with some fellow film critics, and we were talking about the movie, and not one of us had seen the musical. To oh, our shame, yeah. um, so none of us had a point of reference for it. Um, but maybe that's good. Maybe that's yeah. good, is that we're not comparing it to the stage show. We're coming to it fresh. But yeah, I'd be interested to know, those who have been to see the musical and then go and see this film, how it compares, whether it's just as good. But clearly you don't need to have seen the musical to absolutely love it. Um, it you really right don't. Notes. You really don't. I mean, this is this is so much fun. It's so much fun. Song stuck in your head as well. Tim Minchin's a bit of a legend, isn't he? He knows how to write a song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. Tim Minchin does know how to write a song and a half. And um, these are really good songs. Really good songs. And the funny thing is, you know, it says the musical, but I never felt like it was, it never came across to me as a musical. It was more, it's a film with musical numbers in it. You know, and I think that's an added advantage as well, is that it's not just, it's not all song. You know, that's the thing. Um Instead, it is dialogue. And I like yeah. that about it. I like it. I like it a lot. Look, I Excellent. really like it. I think yeah. it's fun. I keep saying this. It's fun. <laughs> it is. It's so much fun. So you're excited to see the rest of the uh, Voldal remixes? Um, I, I really coming. am. And do you know what? And do you know what? Having said that, I went to the Roldal Museum a couple of weeks ago. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cool. Roald Dahl Museum. Yeah, yeah. It's in Great Missenden, which is where Roald Dahl um, lived. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a museum uh -huh. there. So you go and uh, you can have a wander around and they've got all the history of, of Dahl before he was writing. And then, you know, bits from his books and the, the TV and film adaptations and everything oh, cool. else like that. And is there an upside down yeah, room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please tell me there's a room upside down. No, there isn't. However, oh. here's the funny thing, is that it is on the high street where Dahl set the BFG. So when you go <laughs> to it, it is it is genuinely on the high street and some of the shops, not shops, buildings, well, all of the buildings are still there. So if you remember the BFG from reading it, you walk down there and you go, I remember this from the books. <laughs> it's it, it's It's... It's so mind-boggling because you go, I can't believe it. It's still the same. So, yeah, it, I really enjoyed the visit, I have to say. I thought it was a really nice visit. Excellent. So it's the music, a Netflix one. So is it in cinemas as well? Um, or so it's streaming? in cinemas in the UK now. So it's just in cinemas in the UK. Um, uh, and okay. then I believe it's going to Netflix next year. So there will be a, a little bit of a wait for it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's in cinemas. Great. Bring your own chocolate cake. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I like that. I like that. Yes. Brilliant. What else you got for us, Mark? Uh, so we've got a documentary called Clay Dream. Now, we, we briefly touched on this last week and I said to you, have you ever heard of a gentleman called Will Vinton? And you I'm said, I've never heard of that ashamed to say no now. Now I know and who he is. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Now you've done your homework. Now there'll be people out there who say, who is Will Vinton? And I say to you, um, do you remember the California Raisins advert where it was claymation? They were singing along to all those soul classics, possibly. Or do you remember the claymation section in Michael Jackson's song Speed Demon, where, you know, they, they all morph into other bits and bobs? Um, do you remember the Eddie Murphy TV series, the PJs? 
the reason I bring those up is because all of those were animated by Will Vinton. And the thing is, watching this documentary, I realised I'd seen a lot of Will Vinton's work without realising the same person was behind it all. Um, <laughs> That's it. It's one of those things, I guess, uh, at the time you were mesmerised by it, but you don't necessarily realise it's all the art of one man. He's his dream. That, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I will say this is a pretty standard by the numbers biopic documentary for the most part. You know, we we see a lot of his early work and how he worked with one man in particular, a guy called Bob Gardner. Um, it seems both of them pushed each other a lot in very different ways to be a better animator than they thought they ever could be. But that story doesn't end well. Um, it's told in the documentary. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a oh, good end okay. for it. Yeah. Um, but then the doc. But then Will Vinton's story doesn't end well either. There are some absolutely shocking revelations come out about him going into partnership with Phil Knight. Yes, the Phil Knight, the man who invented Nike. Oh, um, really? Okay. Invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He invested in Will Vinton Animation Studios. But then there was a court case that saw to it that Will Vinton was thrown out of his own studio. No. Oh, the cheek of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some of the footage from the testimonies is in this documentary. I've got to say, it's just harrowing because Blimey. you watch this man who has built up something and would win an Oscar. He won an Oscar for his early work. And then he sees it taken away in the blink of an eye. You know, it, it all happens in a very repre reprehensible David versus Goliath way. And it kind of leaves a sour taste in the mouth as to another very big animation studio um, that I am a massive, massive fan of this animation studio. But I didn't know this animation studio came about because of all of this. Oh, OK. And it, 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 it soured it. It really yeah. did. Yeah. There was a lot in this documentary I had no idea about. I've got to be honest. That was the thing. Um, but it's not all negative, I've got to say, as well. There is some interesting interviews with Will Vinton um, before he sadly passed away a few years ago, um, which was oh. really disappointing. Yeah. Um, the interviews are insightful. You do get a proper picture as to who this man truly was and what he stood for. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a story he tells about the fact that he could have been in partnership with an up-and-coming studio called Pixar. <laughs> but he turned it down. Whoa. Wow. Okay. That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg for that story. So you have to watch the rest of the documentary to understand what happened. I mean, it's just... I was blown away by what happened. I was like, God. really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Dear, oh, dear. So... So here's the thing with this documentary. Anybody who has an interest in claymation slash stop motion animation, then I think this is a must watch documentary, mainly for two things. One, to see some of Will Vinton's incredible work, because there's a lot in there that I'd never seen. I was like, this is interesting stuff. Two, how not to do business when you are a pioneer. I was going to say, it sounds like a real case of there are some opportunities that perhaps he would have taken differently. And, uh, interesting yes, to see that career the, pan out. that happens yes he talks about that in the documentary and sometimes you know creatives are not good at accounting and this is one of those times um yeah. <laughs> i just i just think this is a really interesting documentary but also it's a slightly sad documentary as well because you have 
one of the masters of the best forms of animation, creating such iconic work and then just tripping over himself with bad decisions a lot of the time. Yeah. It's sad. It's oh. so sad to watch. But I think this documentary is is a very nice tribute to this man. Very nice tribute. Brilliant. So Clay Dream is his title. Um, where yes, can Clay Dream. you get it from? So this is uh, on digital download. So you'll be able to, you know, pay for it on the streaming server, uh, you know, on, on Prime and iTunes and Google Play and, you know, all the places where you can pay to see a movie. Um, and it's also available on digital download as well. So you can actually buy it and, and keep it as well. And I think cool. there's a DVD and Blu-ray coming as well. I could be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm sure there is. I feel um, they need to do a box set uh, with a little bit of clay so you can make your own models <laughs> while you're watching it. <laughs> that would be, that's such a good idea, actually. That's yeah. such a good idea. Make your own. Yeah, that's a mar- marketing claymation. Mer- that's a marketing masterpiece. That is really. Yeah, yeah. make your own Will Vinton character. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. Nice. So this sounds like to me one of those stories where, um, if you're in into studying film or anywhere in the industry, um, not just for the the history of it and everything, but possibly for your own, um, like you say, a creative person who's who's not necessarily made every good decision um, worth watching mm. on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll say this as well, is it's come in a year where we have had, I think, close to 20 movies that have been made fully or partially with claymation, stop motion animation. I think this year has probably been the biggest year for stop motion animation that we've ever had. I wow. will make a list by the end of the year of these movies, but I had genuinely seen... That's been a lot, hasn't it? I, I would say close to... Yeah, I would say close to 20. And the thing is, I, I think probably two of those have not been very good. The rest of them have been fantastic. So, it, it, listen, I, as I've said before, I've said this many times, I think stop-motion animation is one of the best types of animation. Um, yes, it takes years. But it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And to have movies that continue to shine a spotlight on this incredible creative process is only, well, it's, it, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Long may it continue. Long yeah. may it continue. Excellent. Living the clay dream. See what I did there. Yes. Start yes, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Mark, what you got for us next week? So next week, uh, we've got an animation from a British animation studios um it's an animated version of scrooge a christmas carol so you know oh, we only did spirited yeah. the other week didn't we well next week we've got an animated version of a christmas carol coming basically um <laughs> they do Netflix. like the classics um, don't and they it's done by a they do but it's done by a new british animation studio so i'm curious to see how oh. this is going to play out so we've got that um we've got idris elba fighting a lion in beast <laughs> Excellent. I don't know uh, what you're laughing about. I don't know what you're laughing about. I don't, I don't. But okay, so we. <laughs> Sorry for the line. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and then um, we we're going to be talking about one of my favourite documentaries of the year. Probably my favourite documentary, actually. I, I think uh, I'll need to watch it again before next week. It's a documentary called Lynch Oz, and it is a documentary about how David Lynch's work, his film and TV work, is always influenced by The Wizard of Oz. The feature film oh okay interesting so i'm going to make you think about that so films like 
The Elephant Man, um, mm. uh, Mulholland Drive, um, Eraserhead, then the TV show Twin Peaks, all of it heavily influenced by The Wizard of Oz. Oh, I it's guess a there's documentary a documentary that there, sets out line, to explore that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this documentary, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. So we're off to see the David, the wonderful David of Lynch next week. Yes, Paul, he's going to pull back the curtain for us and we're going to find out that uh, actually it was uh, it was John Merrick all this time. <laughs> Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to Film Reviews and Movie News. We've been doing this little podcast for years now. Mark has watched and expertly reviewed hundreds of films and I've made hundreds of terrible jokes. They're all available to listen to again if you subscribe to the Film Reviews and Movie News podcast. It's freely available wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can find all the latest episodes and everything else I do online at stuartpink.com. <laughs> <laughs>